When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and major fan of alien conspiracy theories. I'm also a big history nerd. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, and anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. So each day, I'm going to share one of my favorite deep cuts with you. Let's take a look at today's story. It's 365 with MXM Tune. Every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff. No, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365. One of the world's greatest mysteries is Stonehenge, a circle of about 100 upright boulders located about 90 miles west of central London in southern England. The prehistoric structure has been the subject of literally centuries of research and speculation. The first written documentation of Stonehenge dates all the way back to 1130 AD, when a historian named Henry of Huntington wrote up the history of England, and by then, Stonehenge was already several thousand years old. In fact, when the Romans conquered England in 54 BC, Stonehenge had probably already been around for about 2,000 years. Not that anyone knows for sure, though. Archaeologists think Stonehenge dates all the way back to 3000 BC, though some think that it was built in stages and served a variety of functions over the course of hundreds of years. According to myth, Stonehenge was built by the wizard Merlin, and that the stories came from the giants, which is fun to think about, but probably not true. There are also a lot of people who think Stonehenge was built by aliens. And as a strong believer in the extraterrestrial, I'm not not convinced. Modern historians believe it was actually several different prehistoric tribes who were responsible for building Stonehenge, and that Stonehenge was probably used as a burial site, thanks to all of the human remains archaeologists have dug up over the years. They also think Stonehenge might have been used as a religious site. In fact, historians have noticed over the years that Stonehenge is perfectly aligned with the winter and summer solstice, leading experts to believe prehistoric tribes used it as a solar temple, For years, druids, witches, and other religious sects would celebrate the solstice at Stonehenge. Unfortunately, though you used to be able to walk around Stonehenge and cast as many spells as you wanted, the whole thing is roped off now to protect the structure. I think it's to stop the spells, but okay. Even still, people gather around Stonehenge each solstice, rope notwithstanding, to celebrate the longest and shortest days of the year. Speaking of that rope, who owns Stonehenge? It's technically The Crown. No, not the Netflix show, the actual UK monarchy, but that hasn't always been the case. From what we know, Stonehenge had a series of owners starting around the 12th century, when that Henry of Huntington we talked about earlier was the first to document its existence. During Henry VIII's reign, Stonehenge was seized from an abbey that owned it. And in 1540, Henry gave Stonehenge and the surrounding land to the Earl of Hartford, the brother of Jane Seymour one of Henry's infamous eight wives. 
It changed hands a few more times among nobility until the Aunt Rebus family of Cheshire bought the estate in 1824, and it stayed in the family for about 90 years. During World War I, though, the Aunt Rebus family's last heir was killed fighting, and in 1915, they decided to sell the estate. Stonehenge, which was a part of the bundle, was put up separately, with the auction catalog describing it as Lot 15, Stonehenge, with about 30 acres, 2 rods, 37 perches. Enter Cecil Chubb. Chubb was born into an English working-class family, but managed to amass a huge fortune as a lawyer, as an adult. Chubb heard about the Aunt Rebus's family auction, held on September 21, 1915, and decided to check it out. When Stonehenge came up on the block, Chubb thought it might be a nice gift for his wife, Mary Bella Alice Finch. He plunked down 6,600 pounds, which is about equivalent to $697,000 in today's money, on a whim, and Stonehenge was his. Unfortunately for Chubb, as rumor has it, his wife wasn't super thrilled about the surprise Stonehenge, and three years later, Chubb ended up donating Stonehenge back to the crown, in whose custody it remains to this day. It's a good thing Mary Bella had such bad taste. As an aside, some historians suspect Chubb didn't really buy Stonehenge for his wife, but saw American bidders vying for it and wanted to make sure that it was owned by Englishmen and not some strangers across the pond. But I prefer the buyer's remorse angle. It's a little bit spicier. So that's it for Stonehenge. Home to prehistoric skeletons, history buffs, patriots, witches, and probably aliens. And now here's a fun music fact from September 21st. On this date, in 2011, a Santa Monica auction house sold one of the Beatles' contracts from 1965. The contract included a stipulation that the band refused to play shows in front of segregated audiences, which were still common at the time. The contract was specifically for a show at Cow Palace in California, but the Beatles had made their stance on segregation clear in the past. Refusing to play a segregated show in Jacksonville, Florida in 1964. We will never play to segregated audiences, and we aren't going to start now, John Lennon said at the time. I'd sooner lose our appearance money. That anti-racist stance was worth a lot of money four and a half decades later. The contract sold for 23000 a good 20 k more than they ever expected it to go for. And now it's time for our final segment of today's episode. I will dig into a September 21st of my life and let you know what I was up to. Ooh, oh my gosh. Okay, wait. On September 21st of 2018, I got my first tattoo, and I now have, I think, four of them. So I've turned into a little bit of a, a tattoo addict. But on September 21st of 2018, my mom and I went and got matching tattoos to celebrate me turning into a legal adult. Um, and it was really fun. My mom and I both have matching cherry blossom branches on the inner side of our right arm and the bicep area. And I just remember having a really good time. I've wanted a tattoo for as long as I can remember, remember. And I'm really happy to say that the first one that I've ever gotten will not be one that I regret. And that wraps up this episode of 365 Days with MXM Tune. Again, thank you all so much for taking the time to listen, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365.
Thanks for listening to today's episode of 365 Days with MXM Tune. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow along with us on social media at 365 Days MXM Tune on all platforms.